Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. We will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and they'll provide you with guests and information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. First, I want to tell you that my guest today is uh, actor Eduardo Ballerini. He's returning. I'm glad that he's back. We're going to have a uh, another wonderful conversation. Uh, but first, I want to welcome all my listeners and all of my blog readers uh, and uh, let you all know, if you're listening for the first time, that the official website is R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S dot com. That's my name. It's Rex Sykes right there at Rex Sykes Movie Beat. And uh, you can subscribe to the uh, website by clicking on the RSS feed right there at the welcome page. And that way you're always going to be updated to changes in the website and uh, announcements. Uh, so be sure that you do, because MovieBeat is really designed to be a resource for you, and that's why I'm connecting you up with people who are making it happen. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. The, the official the Twitter address is Rex Sykes Movie BT, R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S-M-O-V-I-E. BT, it's abbreviated in the last word. Uh, join us in the Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends fan page at Facebook or the group at Facebook. Uh, but most of all, and most importantly, please do retweet about my guests and uh, about the show and uh, spread this uh, far and wide because it's about connecting you up and, and helping you to do your projects uh, faster, easier, smarter, and avoid problems wherever and whenever you can, whether you're an executive producer, an actor, a gaffer, makeup artist, sound person, a director, it doesn't matter. We uh, cover it all. The chat room is open, so if you'd like to join us in the chat room, you may do so as well. If you're listening to this live, go ahead and, and friend us, make us a fan or become a fan, uh, leave comments. We love to have your comments. Uh, talk to us in the chat room. That would be awesome. If you're listening to this archived, meaning that you're at uh, RexSykes.com and you're listening to this interview archived, uh, be aware that there are 115, 16, 17 other fabulous interviews that you're going to want to listen. In fact, there's Eduardo Ballerini Part 1 there, too. So if you haven't heard that yet, go back and listen to uh, his first part of the interview. You're going to be glad that you did. Um, and if you don't know, the uh, all of the shows are at the interviews blog at RexSykes.com. Uh, you click on the the link interviews that will open up uh, a faceplate page that has a number of pictures and and uh, headers of, of upcoming guests. And uh, at the bottom of that, it says go to archives. You go to the archives. You click on the name of a guest that you want to listen to. If it says upcoming, obviously it hasn't occurred yet. If it says to listen, click bold link, then click on that link, and uh, you'll be able to listen right there at the website. But the additional good news is that you can – Get all of these interviews as a podcast from the iTunes store. You can go to iTunes, 
subscribe to Rex Ike's Movie Beat for free, and uh, you'll always be updated to changes. Uh, each and every time an uh, interview is uh, produced and aired, uh, it'll be delivered to your electronic device every time you refresh it. Uh, so that is excellent news as far as I'm concerned. I have a few announcements, and then we're going to get right into our show with Eduardo uh, Ballerini. First, let me say that, and I don't normally do this, but uh, he has been a guest of mine on the show. His name is Gregor Collins. Uh, he did an outstanding job in the movie uh, Night Before the Wedding. Uh, as an actor, he did a wonderful job. He's got a movie called The Goodbye Promise, and a website uh, is goodbyepromise.com. Again, goodbyepromise.com. Dot com and they are in the process of fundraising through a Kickstarter campaign. But uh, and I invite you to just go and take a look at that. And uh, and uh, what you do is up to you. I I can't uh, tell you to do one thing or the other way. But uh, he's a great guy. Uh, you should go and listen to his interview and, and check out the website. Uh, as far as things that are coming up, the uh, the uh, Wisconsin Film Festival will be coming up April 14th through the 19th. And uh, I'm going to go uh, to see Mike Madstorf, who's a director who directed a film called Feed the Fish, uh, which is a Wisconsin Hollywood-based production. And uh, I'll be there April 16th at 10:15 uh, to see that. I think I'm back the next night to see Mary Sweeney's, uh, David Lynch's partner and editor for quite some time, uh, with her Wisconsin Hollywood-connected movie called Baraboo. Uh, check out the Hot News blog for more information on that. Uh, also, look into the Hot and Fun blog. The V-Pipes uh, Screenplay Pitch Contest ends April 15th, and you're going to want to be sure to uh, pitch your uh, project there if you're so inclined. So go ahead, look at Hot and Fun, and see all the different things that are coming up. Peter Marshall has his director's workshop coming up in May. Uh, go and read about that. And, and uh, Kevin Sorbo has his charity, uh, World for, for Kids, the golf training coming up in, in uh, June. So uh, please go take a look at that as well. Uh, I, for as for me, every Wednesday I am the film contributor at uh, the Film Lad Show. That's filmlad.com. You can go listen to an archive show in the history section of that website, or you can listen live Wednesdays. Currently, it's two to three p.m. Central Time. That cha that time uh, may change. I um, last night got to see some of our footage from a project we're doing called the Spade County Massacre. I'm producing, Dean Chapman's directing, I'm also uh, uh, acting in the movie, uh, it, it's exciting, it looks really, really good. I also plan to be in New York City the uh, second week in May, around the 9th to the 14th, and then I come back to shoot some stuff, uh, and then I'm in Los Angeles the uh, first half of June, or thereabouts, so uh, for listeners who may be in those areas, uh, uh, I'd love to be able to meet up with you and say hi, if at all possible. So uh, that's pretty much for the announcements. Let's uh, let's bring on Eduardo. Eduardo has appeared in The Sopranos, uh, in a, a, a wonderful movie that we've talked about before called Dinner Rush. No God, No Masters, which uh, No God, No Master, which was uh, directed by Terry Green, who's been a guest on the show as well. Uh, he co-starred with David Strathairn and uh, Sam Witwer and Ray Wise, and, and among others. And uh, I am delighted to have you back, Eduardo. Can you hear me? Are you there? I am here. Good morning, Rex. Good morning and welcome. Welcome. Uh, thank, thank you for having me back. And I have to tell you, it, it sounds like you are extremely busy uh, from, um, from, all that, from all that you were talking about, which is great. Thank you. Yeah, I do appreciate that. We are. We are. Our pilot is uh, shooting the first week of May. That is uh, live animation 
uh, live action animated uh, television pilot uh, that Ron Coleman uh, is directing. I'm co-producing with him. It's called Woody's World, so we're excited about that. And then I'll go to New York and a couple other movies that uh, we're currently working on. So yes, it's been a very good, very busy, very wonderful time. Uh, I'm thrilled to say. Well, we'll have so. to we'll have to switch roles at some point. I'll have to interview you because it sounds like you've got a tremendous amount going on. Oh, well, thanks. That's kind of you to say. <laughs> but but let's turn our attention to the task at hand and the the, okay. the, the, uh, the reason that I am here, and that is to to interview you. And, uh, and I'm and I'm very glad to be uh, in the position to be able to converse with you. Uh, we had I thought we had a marvelous conversation last time, and again I want to encourage people if they didn't uh, get a chance to hear that conversation yet to go back to go to your bio page at uh, at the website and read about you first, and then also take a look and I mean take a listen to the interview because it, it is absolutely wonderful. Well, it was a pleasure speaking with you, and uh, we we had left off, I think, talking about uh, actors on set and uh, mm-hmm. sort of life on set. And actually, I've had an experience uh, this week, which is an interesting segue from that, and that would be life off set. And it's one of the phenomenons that happens in an actor's life, which we always have to, which we never expect and we're never quite prepared for, but we have to get better at. And that is when you go from being extremely busy to not having anything at all. And it's just the nature of the business. And mm-hmm. in my particular case, this last winter was extremely busy with a lot of meetings, a lot of auditions, uh, filming, uh, voice work, all kinds of stuff. And then suddenly it just stopped. And wow. I was staring at an empty week. with sort of I didn't even know which way to turn. And it's an amazing thing because it's such a gift to have this time but sometimes when it when it happens so quickly, you don't quite know where to begin. Because if you're somebody like me, you have all these ideas for projects of your own that you want to do, but you don't know where to get started. And I think it's a real phenomenon that actors have to be be aware of. And I'm sure you've experienced this as well. You know, you go from the high of, of working and being busy, and then it just kind of comes to an end. And all these friends that you made on a project, just sort of everybody disappears. They go their different ways. Um, so that, that's where I am. So I thought maybe we could talk about that for a second. Uh, Absolutely. The, the, the other side of the actor's life. Absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, and I don't know that, you know, I mean, people see the glamour side of it, you know, if they look at television and, and now with the increase in the number of shows that were not available, say, 20 years ago, but things like Entertainment Tonight or ETV, you know, where actors are... Mm-hmm constantly shown at parties or at premieres or they're <laughs> interviewed or there's behind the scenes now looks at things where actors who never got to appear in a talk right. show now are being interviewed. So it, it can all be very busy and and, yes. and and also it can also appear more busy or glamorous than it sometimes actually is. Well it's without question appears more glamorous than it is. That that is that <laughs> is true. that is without a doubt because standing fourteen hours in the cold to produce one minute of, you know, uh, on-screen entertainment is not actually all that glamorous. Um, the people that I've invited down to sets over the years, I, I warn them every time. I say, you're going to be <laughs> bored out of your mind. Yeah. It's really not that exciting. They get there. They're, they're thrilled. They sit, you know, at Video Village behind the monitors with the director to see what's happening, and nothing happens. Right. You know, and then when something does happen, it happens for about 15 seconds, and it doesn't seem all that exciting. It's really when you put it all together. 
Um, I, re- I, mean, I was just going to say, I remember sitting in my trailer on the first movie that, that, made, that I went SAG on, and mm-hmm. I was so thrilled. I was now a SAG actor, and, mm-hmm. and I was in this movie, and I wanted to cry. I was like, I hope all of my <laughs> friends can come down here and see right. how incredibly boring it is. You yeah. know, they're, I mean, it's taking forever to light these things, and, and yeah. you know, we, we get to the set, and they send us back, and, you know, right. it's just been... So, my yeah, first my first job ever was as an extra on a soap opera, okay. and I I got that you know that wonderful gig because a friend of mine's mother was a writer on the show, and I happened to be over at her house and she said, "Would you like to be an extra on the show?" I don't even remember what the show was. I said, "Sure, this sounds great. I'm thinking about acting, and I'll just it'll be fantastic. I'll learn about the thrill and glamour of life on set." And it was over on West 57th Street here in New York uh, when there were soaps in New York. They're all disappearing now. Mm-hmm. And it was in one of those big buildings, and they had their, you know, their stages on, I don't know, the second floor, and they had their makeup and everything on the ninth floor or something. So I went up in this elevator. For some reason, they gave me a dressing room. I don't know why. It was just an extra. And I, I, was, so I was down in this dressing room, but I knew so little about how it worked that I didn't bring a book. I didn't bring a newspaper. <laughs> I didn't bring anything. Ouch. So I sat in this room for must have been five or six hours, staring at the wall. It was like a prison. And then finally, over this loudspeaker, piped into the room, comes this voice saying something, you know, ballerini report to set. <laughs> so I go back down the hall, get in the elevator, go to the second floor, show up on the set. And soap operas, as you know, move very quickly because they're trying mm-hmm. to do about 15 pages a day. So they sit me down at this table is supposed to be a bar or something i sit in the background wet deep background and uh and they shoot maybe one two takes of this thing and then i'm whisked out of there i sign some forms and i'm back on the subway and wow. that was that was the, the glory and the glamour that is filming uh it's gotten a little more exciting over the years but <laughs> um, well you get but you get to do a little bit more i said i get to do a little bit more now this is true um but the original thing I wanted to, to mention is this idea that, you know, yes, okay, even when you're working, there is this phenomenon that not a lot of people see. They see the final product. Um, but there's all the time in between, which yeah. to me actually, I think, defines the actor's career. Uh, most of our job is, in fact, looking for work or being between work. Right. Uh, you know, if, it would be lovely to think that we spend five days a week, 50 weeks, you know, a year with two-week vacation uh, working on set and that all we're doing is learning lines and sitting in makeup chairs and, and performing or on stage or whatever it is. That's not the case. You know, if you add up the number of days that even a, a solid working actor is actually on set or on stage, it's going to be far, far less than half the year. You know? Right. So what defines the actor's career to me is that, that other time, which is the majority. And what do you do with that time? Now, as I mentioned, it's like the first thing that happens when it comes is you feel this kind of shock because you've gone from... I, I wrote a blog post about it on my blog, which I'll plug shamelessly right now, uh, eduardoballerini.com slash blog. I wrote this post, it's called From 60 to Zero in Two Seconds. And it's (laughs) true. true. You go from full speed to nothing. And the first thing that happens is you don't know what to do. 
But it's very important that you have a plan for what you're going to do with that time, uh, that you know that you're going to be working on your own projects, that you know that you're going to be taking classes, or even, quite frankly, the case may be that you know that you're going to just rest, you know, right. that, that you know what it is, that, um, that you do it with some, some modicum of purpose. Um, otherwise, you, you end up, as I did the other day, really just kind of pacing around your apartment going, what do I do now? Uh -huh. it's, a very strange, it's a very strange feeling. You know, I got over that the next day. But, um, but actors now, you know, more than ever have to, as you said, there's so many outlets now. There's so many uh, ways to promote yourself, things to do. The technology is there for us to make our own projects. There are ways to make yourself visible. Uh, with you know websites and, and Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and all of these these wonderful outlets that did not exist when I got started, um, and there are things you can do and have to you probably have to be more proactive than ever because the gatekeepers of the industry, who were once the agents, uh, who were really the only liaison between the work and the talent, uh, mm -hmm. that's changed. That has changed. Agents, of course, serve an enormous function, um, but they're not the only way to do things anymore. Uh, so, you know, it's this time in between that really defines the career, I think. Well, I think you're, you are so correct, and I am actually glad that you brought this up, because, I mean, there's a lot of different facets to this that we uh, might, you know, just tacitly explore, at least, mm. you know, here. Um, I think one is, is what you said, uh, the time in between or the time before or the time right. after, that, that empty space time, um, nobody really knows how to prepare you for that, and it defines not only the actor in the career, but the person. And I think that's why so often we now hear people saying, you know, have balance to your life, have friends, have family, have hobbies, have things that you enjoy, because when you're not working, as you know, as an actor, you're not working. Right. No, I mean, well, you I should be working. <laughs> it's the old, it's the old uh, thing. Uh, no, I don't right. mean working on, on set or on stage, but, I mean, you should be working. It's right. the old uh, adage of you're either fishing or mending nets. Right, you're yeah. always doing something. Um, but yes, go ahead. Well, I was just saying, you know, I mean, I think for most actors, we we want to act. You know, mm -hmm. you want to be on, you want to be doing what you think you should be doing, 24/7. Really, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I remember hiatus times in L.A. I would just go nuts, or <laughs> holidays would come along, I'd go nuts. I'd just go, there's nothing to do. Everything shuts down. I can't handle this. And right. and that was that was to my own speaking to my own. Uh, not being smart enough to fill my life with the kinds of things that would be uh, worthwhile doing. Uh, but but having said that, I always went to the beach, and when I wasn't working, I was always workshopping. But I wasn't smart enough to do plays because I said, I'm an actor. They should pay me. I don't do free stuff. Right. So instead, of, instead, of, instead of showcasing and doing plays and getting involved and having fun and meeting and networking and doing all those things, right. I, you know, I went to workshops, and, and which was great, but uh, I wanted to get money for what I was doing. Um <laughs> Well, there's a very real phenomenon that, that I actually have a, a – I think we may have talked about this um, when we first talked uh, – about that the schools and uh, training programs and universities do not really train people for the business side not at of all. the career, uh, which I think is, is really kind of a, a disgrace. Um, they, there's a lot of things they don't train you for. Um, and it's wonderful to be you know, in, uh, in a program and doing – uh, two, three years, uh, you know, graduate program, or, or as I did over at Strasbourg, and you're working on, you know, Ibsen and Shakespeare and Chekhov and all of these incredible authors and, you know, the best material there is. Um, 
but it doesn't prepare you a for you know doing delivering the worst line you've ever heard for a commercial audition, <laughs> uh, and it doesn't prepare you for the the nuts and bolts business side of things. Right. Uh, and I think that's really too bad. And I think there's room for it. I think there may be a kind of snobbery that exists in a lot of these in in the schools that you know oh they don't do that they do the art. You know, and, right. and could be. you know, I get, I get that. You know, that's why you're there. You're there to learn the art and the craft. But the business side is, is you know, is probably most of it. I've seen a lot of actors who are not incredibly talented. Sorry to say, uh, do very well. Yeah, uh, they've got a great business acumen. They're very good in the room. They know how to do that. Uh, and I've seen, you know, sadly, a number of incredibly talented people get nowhere. Right, um, and they just don't know what to do with themselves, and they don't know how to handle things. Uh, uh, and you know, it, it's a it's an area I give a, a lot of thought to. I've been fortunate enough over the years to be asked to speak to student groups a lot, which I really love. Um, in fact, I'm going to go go talk at Strasbourg soon. I was just invited to do that. Um, and what I always amazed, you know, here are these kids, they're, you know, anywhere from 18 to 25 or something, and you're staring out at them, and they're bright-eyed and all really pretty and shiny, and, you know, they want to get out there. And you start talking about, you know, listening or reading Hollywood Reporter or something, and they just glaze over, like they have no idea what you're talking about. You know, uh, they don't understand that they, they, they really have to learn the business side. Um, and when you do that, obviously, is in these periods when you're not on set, uh, and that's when you have to do it. So it's very real. So you know, young actors who are listening, or you know, young and old and of all ages, you know, the the career is defined by by what you do when you're not quote unquote working. You know, I'm I'm so glad you brought this up because, and I, by the way, I use the term young actor, or young filmmaker, as meaning young in the business as a yeah, that, that's, their that's age. the way to do it. Yeah, and 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 because there are filmmakers, I when I was in acting classes, I I, I think of this guy often. I you know I'm sure, you know, 30 years later he's he's deceased because he was in his 70s at the time. Mm. You know, he was a retired man who started pursuing his. Uh, acting, and he got some some parts and bit roles on soap operas, and uh, you know it was That's so great. cool being being in with him and going, oh, this old man, you know, I was like 18, and he was like, you know, 70, right. and just going, oh, you know, what kind of chance does he have? But he actually got he actually got work, <laughs> right, yeah. um, right. But uh, I think I think, and, and, and we can all I, maybe this postulation is completely worthless, but I think what happens is we. We, you know, we do high school plays or grade school plays. We get the accolades of friends and family. Uh, even if we suck, they don't. They tell us we were great. We pick <laughs> up, a, we pick up a camera. You know, they've got, we've got their adoration and their support. And then, and then, so we go. I want to be an actor. You know, I've gotten this attention. I get these hits. I feel good on the inside. I have to express myself. Look at what I've done. And mm -hmm. you get to Hollywood, and there's just or New York, and there's just nothing mm. between that transition to prepare you and mm -hmm. and. I, I keep telling people, and one of the reasons I am my show is to say, I, you know, I was stupid when I was younger. I'm not smarter now, but I'm a little bit wiser in that, you know, I can look back and assess where I was really idiotic right. and go, please don't make my same mistakes. And, and what you said before is so, I think, really uh, an important thing. When I was young and I saw people who I considered no talent successful, instead of going, what are they doing? What are they doing? Yeah, you should really model yourself after them. 
Right. What are these guys doing that I'm not? Yeah. Right. And the artistic great ones that couldn't work, you know, like, right. you know, I mean, uh, you know, yes, model their talent, but don't model their sure. career strategy. So, sure. you know, it, it's it's looking at it realistically and and, sure. and approaching it as a business. And so, thanks. I mean, this is this is an important topic, and we could spend probably days talking about. It. Yeah. Have fun. We, we have fun with Strasburg and and Beth okay. on that. And I and I also want to tell the listeners who are listening in that Eduardo has a wonderful blog and and be sure to check it out. I mean, he he gave the name Eduardo Bellarini slash blog or dot com slash blog. Is that how correct? It? Yeah. Yes. And uh, so please do go and check it out because it is certainly worth it. You know what? Uh, you know what? I, I've got about five minutes, so I have to mm. take the break. Let me take the break right now. Sure. And then we'll come back and talk uninterrupted. Uh, you're listening to Rex Sykes. Dot com. It's Rex Sykes Movie Beat. We always appreciate your support and your letters and your comments. Uh, when you listen to these podcasts or you listen to these interviews archived or live, please go ahead and rate them and review them, especially at you know in the podcast side, because that helps spread the word to others who can benefit from listening to my guests share their expertise. Uh, upcoming guests, um, Nick Mancuso is returning, Larry Thomas, the actor from probably best known as the Soup Nazi from the Seinfeld show is coming up. Colleen Neidstedt is returning. Uh, she's the CEO and founder of a fabulous tool for producers uh, called MovieSet, and that is a platform to begin to build your audiences uh, even before you start production, but it's an incredible production tool as well. Carlo Petrick, marketing manager from the Marcus Corporation film exhibition side, is going to be with us. Juliet Lando, actor, returns. Peter Marshall will be coming back with the director's series. Uh, the co-producers and directors and writers of a, a ghastly horror film, which I've not yet seen but will be premiering in Wisconsin uh, about mid-April called, I think, The Long Pig. Uh, I hope I got that right. Chris Power and Nathan Hines are coming up. Sam Whitmer, Whitwer, the actor, will be coming back. And Ian Argard will take us up to tax day. Uh, that is, uh, he's a director and he's the author of an e-book called uh, How to Raise Money for Your Movies. Uh, and then go ahead and look at the uh, interviews blog for uh, the list of my guests after that. And uh, I want to return right now to uh, Eduardo. And uh, thanks for listening in. We thank all of you for all of your support, as, uh, as it's great to have you uh, read and listen and uh, support all of my guests. So thank you, Eduardo. Here we are. Yes. Yes. You know... Um, We, um, I'm trying to think here, we, we, we were talking about life on set, what, what to do in between, and um, I know that we talked about, what you know, talking about directors and, and collaborating, yeah. that creative collaboration for actors and directors. Uh, but I also, I also want to give you some opportunity today to talk about, and maybe, and maybe this is the way to, to approach it, um, you also, we, we, we talked a little bit about your, about uh, the movie that you wrote, produced, and directed, mm-hmm. and and acted in. I mean, Good yes. Night Valentino. Yes, I did. I directed one uh, short film. Uh, I also directed a, a stage uh, piece in New York uh, a couple of years after that, which was a very different experience. Um, directing and being in a film, I found is it was obviously it wasn't that long a shoot. Uh, it was a short film, but I found that to be very difficult. Um, I I don't know how you know the Clint Eastwoods and Redfords and even Woody Allens really do it. I mean, obviously they've been doing it for years, so they've they've learned that craft. But I found it to be rather difficult um, because you can't 
it's almost like I had to compromise a little bit on each job because uh, if I was in front of the camera, obviously I couldn't watch the monitor. We didn't really have time for playback. Uh, and you know, while I was sort of setting up the shot, I wasn't really seeing what it was going to look like in front of it. Um, I did enjoy the experience, though, uh, of directing. Uh, I think it was Coppola that said that a film director is the last true dictatorial position left on Earth. Uh, and there's something nice about that, that you really are in charge. Uh, and every department kind of comes to you, and you get to really make what you want to make. Um, that being said, you know, I've worked with, uh, obviously, numbers of directors over the years, uh, and they all have different styles, and they all have different ways. Some let you go, uh, just do kind of whatever you want. Some are very, very specific. Uh, I've had a couple who quite literally down to the hand gesture that they wanted me to make uh, on a certain word, on a certain line, and would take my arm and show me exactly how, as if I were just, <laughs> as if I were just a marionette or something. That's when you feel like a, that's when you feel like a prop. Um, right. But, uh, you know, the, the relationship between the actor and the director, I think, is, is supremely important. I, I've always felt that it should be collaborative, uh, that you know, a, a director should listen to actors' ideas, uh, and actors obviously should listen to the director's ideas because they are the only ones that have the full scope of the project in mind. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you don't know necessarily how your scenes are going to be playing against scenes that you're not in. You know, you don't know what kind of feel the director is trying to get out of something so that it can segue into another sequence. Uh, mm -hmm. So for you to, as the actor, to say, no, it has to be this way, you can make your case for why you believe it should be that way, and you know, and I've certainly done that. But if a director says, it, really, this is what I need, I do think that you have to uh, defer to, to the director because there's a lot that you don't know. Uh, now, unless they ask you to do something outrageous, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like it's not in the script, but on the day they want you to run around naked and cluck like a chicken or something, you know that you could probably say no to. But short of that, you know, you are probably going to have to say, well, this is somebody else's project, really. Right, and um, even if that means that that's the most fun you've ever had on that movie. Right, <laughs> right. Um, now I've you know the one case in my life I got into a pretty heated, let's call it disagreement, uh, mm -hmm. with a director. Uh, it, tensions flared, it boiled up, um, but ultimately I, I did say this is it's his movie, uh, you know, and I will I will go the direction he's asking. Um, there are you know the, the it's a very different phenomenon as as you've experienced is between film and television as well. Uh huh. Uh, television, the directors are you know bless them, but if they're doing episodic, they're they're essentially a guest as well. Mm -hmm. uh, just the way you might be, um, and they are in service to the show, uh, you know. And it, that's really the show. You know, if you're a director on season 19 of Law and Order, you're really not going to come in and redo the format of that show. You know, you're essentially going to put it together the way it's the way it works. Um, and so you usually don't get a whole lot of direction uh, there. Uh, it, it's not a, it's not as, as much of a creative process. Uh, episodic, especially procedural shows, you know, they tend to 
they're going for a result. They want to create a product that an audience knows and likes and trusts, and so that's what you're there to do. A film is a little different, especially a, a smaller film, an independent film, something like No God, No Master, which we shot last summer, where it's really a director's vision. It's a director's idea. It's a creative thing that he's had in his head for years, most likely. Uh, he's labored to get the money together and put a cast together and, and get the thing going. And then he really has a sense, or she has a sense, of, of what they want to do, and you can really collaborate there. And that's, I think, the best directors. And I thought Terry uh, was very much like this, was really wanted to listen to what all of us wanted to bring. Uh, we talked a bit in the last show about the research that was involved going into it, uh, because these were historical characters. And he, I think, had a sense that you know those of us who had done our homework really had a sense of these, these guys and could bring something. Um, this is a, 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 I'm sort of rambling a bit now, but um, a long way of saying that you know the actor and, and director have to, in, in the best case, especially on a film set, have to find that ground to work together, and you'll find you'll get the best product out of it that way. Uh, if either is absolutely rigid in their stance, um, I think you're kind of headed for a cliff. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. You know, um, something also uh, that that you mentioned. You know, the uh, the TV director has the allegiance to the show and its mm-hmm. its vision in in working with the 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 show creator's vision. So, I mean, he's got an obligation to that, and 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 you've got an obligation to both of those. And in a movie, you know, your obligation, I think, as an actor, is to the director's vision. I think a lot of actors think, you know, this is my moment to shine and my performance is going to be, you know, uh, paramount to, mm-hmm. you know, my success or tantamount sure. to my success. And so they don't think about how they fit into the project as much as, as right. perhaps they need to. And and ultimately they could be cut or parts that they think are going to sure. be so great will not appear because it didn't serve sure. the finished product the way that, you you know you originally hoped it would so understanding their place in the pecking order and and delivering the good sure is an but you make it you make a really great point and it actually extends beyond actors it's, it, it works sort of in all aspects of life is that you know probably to get the best out of what you're doing is you need to work with people um, yes it doesn't matter what you're doing it's the you know many hands makes light work kind of uh, phenomenon if you are pushing against everybody, trying to clear space, uh, most likely you're not going to do the best work you could. And it really doesn't, you know, on a, on a movie set, certainly. You know, I, you know it, it's small things that actors often don't think about, but if you if, try to bully your way through, you're going to make a lot of enemies. Uh, right. Now, these enemies are, are called the cinematographer, the makeup artist, you know, they're not going to, they can really not like you and not help you. Um, I was on a, a show, I did a guest spot on a show called Medium a few years ago. Um, and they turned, it was an actually interesting experience. They, it was a small guest spot which turned into something huge. I got home and they sent me this sort of five page monologue to learn by the next morning. Um, but over the course of filming, I, I started uh, talking to the crew because all of a sudden they added days for me and I got to know them a lot better. And I remember one day we were filming and they'd set up a shot for me. I think it was my close-up. And 
and they kind of they the the cinematographer just stopped everything and he wanted to fix something um and i asked him later what he wanted to fix and essentially he was making it more flattering for me uh oh, cool. he was making yeah he was making it look better now i've been on enough sets and certainly i've been done enough guest spots to know that that doesn't always happen right um you know you're the guest spot that what they want to do is make sure that their lead looks great mm-hmm. um and that was a product of talking to these guys over the days, you know, and really sort of getting to know them and they, me, and sort of, you know, becoming friends. Um, now, the inverse is true. If you're thinking, if I was thinking, okay, I need to, I need to do my thing now uh, and I need to, I'm going to, you know, go stomp off for a second because I got this big monologue coming up and, you know, they can be damned, that never would have happened. You know, I can promise you. And I think a lot of actors lose the sense that, I think we talked about this a bit last time, that there is this interdependence that happens on a set, uh, that every part is important. Um, And I think that happens in in life as well, in business. You know, the people that want to work with people um, tend to get ahead. The people that want to, you know, knock people down, clear people out of the way, they might get ahead in the short term, but I don't right. think it's a very good long-term strategy. No, right, you are. I I, I, I fully agree. And and while and even if there are a few you know bastards at the top, you know, right. I mean, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. If, you know, those guys. You know, yes, there are a few. There are exceptions to every rule, but I, you know, they're they're so miserable. Mm-hmm. They they're just such unhappy people uh, that I almost feel sorry for them. Uh, <laughs> It, it, you know, at one point in my life, I, I, I really resented them. I said, what the hell are they doing up there? You know, they're not even nice people, and they have everything, and, you know. And then as you scratch the surface, you realize they're really, really not happy people, and they they just don't have very satisfying lives. Uh, it's so sad. Um, even though they have everything that you supposedly could want in life. Um, but anyway, that's a different topic. Well, I have an inner philosophy that I try to adhere to. I cannot say that I am completely or or anywhere near as successful as I would like to be, and that is treat everyone like a child. And by that, I don't mean you go up and baby talk to them and, and, and act like they don't know enough and have to instruct them, but when you think about how you uh, inspire or motivate or um, uh, validate you know, a, a child's existence, you do so with like loving kindness and tenderness mm-hmm. and, and and a smile and if you approach people that way and you validate them and you sure. and you reward them with kindness and uh, you do the little things that say thank you you know and you go to each person you know who works on a movie crew who oftentimes never has that happen to them mm-hmm. or so right rarely has it happened to them. You, you can make, you know, uh, you can find out first off that the person who's everybody's been a, kind of ignoring is an incredible friend to have, and you may have a friend for life, or right. you have or you have the kind of experiences that you just shared where the cinematographer or the lighting director or mm-hmm. the sound person or someone says, well, wait, wait a second, we need to take an extra minute here, and, and they right. do it because, you, you know, you've genuinely been interested in them. You sure. can't fake sincerity as much as some people say you might be able to, but uh, sure. you know if you're sincere and you're genuine, you know you, you it, the rewards pay off. But it is a it, yeah absolutely, and it is a very real phenomenon with with people in my profession with actors that often lose sight of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can we can 
you know, put the actor on the couch and do a little therapy. But you know, the reason the reasons are are, are probably pretty obvious. You know, it is a profession, which I I always say, and yes, I you know I chose it as you did. That there's a part of you that wants that spotlight. There's a part of right. you that wants that attention. Um, you got to accept that. If you pretend that you're an actor who really doesn't enjoy that or, or want that, you're, you're fooling yourself. Um, now, it, some awareness of that probably goes a long way. Um, but there are many who, who do not get that, and they don't understand that about themselves. Uh, and so they, they, they kind of act like the bull in the china shop, and they just kind of knock everything out of their way. Now, as I said, this extends to far beyond acting. Uh, I think I would imagine in entrepreneurial business this happens a lot too, where people uh, have their products that they want to get out there or whatever it is, uh, mm-hmm. and they just kind of, you know, they, they just figure that the best way to get there is to plow through everybody and, you know, the rest be damned. Um, but again, I, d- I don't think that's the, the best way to approach living in general. Uh, no, and I agree with you. And and I want and I know that we're, we're also going to talk about working with agents and managers. But I want to mm. I want to turn the attention uh, before we do that. And and we've got other things like branding and marketing that 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 we mm. can discuss. I'm sure that Eduardo and I are going to be back for another show. <laughs> Just so the listeners know, we have a lot we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we we do, and we're going to keep talking until we're finished. So, uh, but no, that that um, I, I want to go back to the directing thing, and I want and I want to yeah. ask you because. Um, you know, in my advanced ancient age, you know, where <laughs> the next step is losing all memory for me is um, uh, as a young guy. I mean, I re I, and I still do, and I act in movies, and and I love it. But um, when I was younger, I, I would work production kind of begrudgingly. You know, mm-hmm. I I had to do these things to be on a movie set. I had to do, it, but I always wanted to be an actor, and I was always with my eye kind of on the. Actors right. don't know how what I would do, you know, and it was a very, you know, and so if, whether I had a small role behind the camera or a larger role producing or production manager, whatever it was, I, I just, I just, did, I wasn't as comfortable. Mm-hmm. Now, I love it. I, I, you know, even if I'm pulling cables, I love it. It's part of this process, mm-hmm. and I'm watching something unfold, you know, in front. And I love to direct. I mean, I, I was fortunate. I, I co-direct some scenes in, in Spade County Massacre, and I just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, directed the opening scene for the movie, mm-hmm. uh, which was, you know, with extras in a bar and this whole thing. And, and, and I just, I mean, I just loved it. And it, But the thing I love about it is is that instead of me being on the camera, mm-hmm. I get to watch other people create and I get to help them create, you know, this this thing and, and capture it on film. And, um, and, and so I'm... And you've probably I'm, learned more about the the industry and or, or production, I should say, uh, by doing all of those different things. Oh, yeah, uh, yes. I, I learned more about how films are made uh, in the few days that I made my film uh, on set and then the post-production process than everything else combined. Uh, it was just stunning, the things I didn't even think about until I was responsible for them. Uh, and I think everybody should have that experience. Uh, you should really try to explore all aspects of how a film is made. Well, and and that's actually kind of where I'm heading with this because I want to talk about Goodnight Valentino and and mm. the fact that you directed and you acted and you, and you mentioned it before about you know wearing those different hats, but also mm-hmm. I mean you you're now working with others and mm-hmm. you're working in the capacity of creating your vision because you also wrote it. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to explore you know um, 
Eduardo as the director and the writer and the producer and 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 um, and then working with others and actors in in that regard because you sure. bring, you bring you know you you you're bringing so much to the project right uh it was you know that was uh pretty much my thing from start to finish uh John Rothman who played H.L. Mencken in the piece uh he and I collaborated on the, the writing of it uh, but I put the whole thing together. Um, and it was an extraordinary exploration into, I had to raise money for it, I had to scout locations, I had to put a crew together, I had to get posts, I had to find sound editors, I had to find, you know, I, we, I mean, this was a few years ago now, so we, you know, we cut negative <laughs> back, mm. back in the Mesozoic period when there was actually film. <laughs> um, you know, all kinds of stuff. There was color correction. There was, you know, I had to get a guy to, you know, do the titles. Uh, it was, I had to find archival footage, get rights clearances. You know, it was, it was a, a huge beast. Now, I'd never thought about 99% of that because my job up to that point had been read a script, go into a room, do a couple of scenes, you know, get the job, go back a week later, shoot the thing, leave. You know, and then wait for it to air or or to screen. But all of a sudden, there was everything, and it was you know a little overwhelming. Um, and I did feel like there were times when I would have loved to have had a collaborator. Uh, and I think that actually, here's a very interesting point um, for actors who want to do this, uh, who want to direct, who want to produce, who want to write. Um, you know, I, there was another little film. You and I talked about this briefly before the show. There was another film that I helped produce. That did not go so well. Um, but again, it was, you know, I, I learned a lot there. But for actors who want to to do these kind of things, I do believe that we have to find collaborators. Um, I think it, it's so important to find producers who do this uh, professionally and for a living, um, as opposed to being the actor staring at that really steep learning curve. I probably made a, I probably made a lot of mistakes. Uh, there were things that I had to do and redo because I didn't know what I was doing. It probably took me a lot longer to put things together. Um, but also working with somebody, uh, you can push each other along. Um, and now we've come full circle in this conversation because it's, it's that time in the vacuum even though you're working Mm-hmm. You know what we were talking about—the actor between gigs. Uh, right. That what do you do? You know, it, it, okay. Now we've now we've stumbled on something very zen uh, because even when you're in the midst of your project, if you're doing it alone, you find yourself back in that same place of what do I do? Right. Uh, which is why I, I really you know why I've found producers for for projects now. Whenever I, I try to do something now. Um, and the ones that I'm working on, I'm, I'm not trying to do them alone anymore. Uh, I won't take the next step until, you know, I, I might write it by myself, but I will not take the next step of trying to set it up as a project until I have a producer. Uh, I spent a number of years on my the feature version of the Valentino project out in the wilderness trying to do it by myself uh, and getting, you know, leads here and there, but getting ultimately getting nowhere with it. Met a lot of nice people along the way, uh, and some doors opened, which was great, uh, but the project didn't get any further. Working with a producer now, it's a lot easier. 
uh, and I think we should we should do that with with all our projects. Um, the directing side of it uh, is a different beast, uh, and that is that again, you as the actor have always been responsible for, you know, uh, knowing your lines, hitting your marks, and coming up with some ideas and bouncing them around. But you've not been responsible for the whole thing. You've not been responsible for how the scene cuts together. Uh, and that, too, was an incredible learning curve. And there were things that I saw on my short when we got the footage back that I didn't have that perhaps as a more experienced director would have, would have known. Uh, but you know, what you were alluding to originally was this idea of seeing every aspect of it. And I think that's, that you learn so much and it's so valuable. Uh, and all actors should do it. I really, I really believe that. Uh, should work in a production office, should work on a set, uh, should work with producers on projects, should make something to see all the different sides of it. It's, you know, it's, it's like in the theater world when you right. have to sort of apprentice and you have to build sets and you've got to paint, paint the flats and, you know, and take the tickets at the door. You really, you see the whole thing. Um, and I think there should be more of that. Uh, excellent, excellent points. And um, you know, I have always maintained in 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 maybe my latter years, about the time I turned thirty-five or something around there, that uh, success is built usually on massive amounts of failure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we make mistakes, and if we're smart, and, and this is where success comes in, is is we use those as feedback, which. Um, allow us to move in a in a new adjusted direction um you know w- or certainly with a certain guidelines i mean in other words sometimes going in any other direction might be useful but sometimes going in in, in an appropriate direction for what you're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. um with the correct guidance is needed but but we 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 make mistakes and the mm-hmm. purpose of this show for example is to help people understand that mistakes are part of it but if we can save you certain areas of making mistakes um, by allowing you to hear from others who have made those mistakes, you're mm-hmm. gonna, you're, you know, you maybe you get along you know, a little farther, a little faster. But right. said that you're still gonna make mistakes, and of there's course. nothing wrong with making them. But we're trying to prevent you from making costly mistakes, especially if you've got investors to answer to, or you've sure. taken your own money to fund the project. That, you know, because it can be quite costly. And um, I can sum it up this way. Uh, you know, it's what you said earlier about you know when you saw very talented actors who who weren't getting anywhere and very, you know, mediocre actors were doing well and we sort of uh, made this point that you should model yourself off the people that are right. doing well. Um, you know, if I have, if I had to put this all in, in one thought, is that you will avoid a lot of mistakes if you work with people who have done it before and made the mistakes before. That is, find those who have already done it. Find those who have figured out how to get an agent. Find those who have figured out how to you know, be a working actor and make a living at it. Find those who have made films uh, and gotten them into festivals and sold them, ideally, you know, who have done that. Find these people and talk to them. At very best, work with them, but at very least, talk to them. Uh, it will, it's, you know, it, the education side of it is, irreplaceable uh, and it will save you so much time hassle headache and money uh, and if you are in fact as you mentioned raising money from investors you're going to want to be very careful uh, because you're going to want to you know make them their money back and then some so that you can go back to them the second time 
and uh, it, you know Terry was talking about this with your in your interview with him mm -hmm. uh, about having a pool of investors that you can prove yourself to to go back to and back to and back to. Um, but yeah, find those who have done it uh, and fi figure out how they did it. Uh, it's you know success leaves clues. Uh, those who have done what you want to do have left evidence of, of that trail, uh, and you can follow that. So the, I know we're running out of time, so if I, I, I will leave it at that, I think, unless, <laughs> no, unless we have a couple more minutes. Well, we do. We actually have about oh, five, five more minutes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, and, good. Um, and, and no, but everything you have said is, is absolutely golden and, and worthwhile for people to take to heart, and I appreciate um, you being on the show and, and, and you voicing these things. Um, in the eloquent way that you do as well, so I, I certainly appreciate it, um, and I know that the listeners will. Uh, but in the last five minutes, uh, I wanted to ask you, because being the actor and now being the director and working with actors, what kinds of you know? Because here's let me ask you, maybe put it this way: as an actor, you know, uh, I have my own fragile ego, and and I may think I'm the best thing since sliced bread, or I may be completely insecure and think nothing I do is correct, and uh, I may just be having one of those days, and or whatever on the set. But and there are you you you. Uh, kind of listed a number of different types of directors, you know, from the person who's hands off to the person who's, you know, a puppeteer, you know, or right. a puppet master, I guess. Right. Um, but as an actor, uh, the thing that I found the most, the hardest was when no one gave me any guidance or mm. really any validation at all. You'd finish a scene, they didn't really say anything about how it went. You go, is that okay? They go, yeah, it was great. Sure. Or, yep, that's fine. And they moved on. Right. And I'm, I'm like, I have a need here. <laughs> you know, I need yeah. to be validated. I need to know: Did I fit in or not fit in? I mean, sure. or do you just not know and you're not saying it? I mean, you know, it, it, right. in other words, the, the communication aspect between the director and the actor, and and the actor to the director. Right. Um, I agree. I agree. Uh, so, as a director, when you were directing, you know, your uh -huh. actor in in Good Night, yeah, uh, Valentino, you know, what kinds of things did you find, you know, useful or important from your background that that you would suggest to others who are embarking on that as a director? Sure. I, I got very lucky in that John uh, was had played H.L. Mencken. H.L. Mencken was the famed uh, 1920s uh, and 30s and 40s journalist. Uh, and he had done a one-man show on Mencken. Uh, wow. So he, he knew this uh, to great success. Uh, and he's revisited it over the years. So he knew that character inside and out. Uh, so it, far be it for, for me to give him you know, character notes that way. So that was that was wonderful. Um, I did have to, uh, I think, kind of, uh, you know, he wanted to push in a, a certain direction that I did not want to be the the tone and mood of the of the piece. So the only thing that I really had to do was just sort of nudge him um, one way. Uh, but it, it w there was no uh, sort of character development kind of work. Uh, if, if that's what you're, you're getting at, um, that I had to do there, uh, which was a, a blessing. Um, so, but I would think that, uh, you know, you, I talked to a producer the other day who said, maybe he said this to me because I was an actor and he was talking to me about a project that I think he wants me to consider, is uh, he said, hey, my job is to keep the actors happy. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, that's that's obviously only a part of your job. But you're saying that to me. Um, but yes. Now we shouldn't coddle 
actors to the point of sending you know people over to give them pedicures or something so they're happy all the time. But yes, there, there has to be a communication between uh, the director and the actor of what are you doing and is this working and how can it be uh, improved and all of that. I've had that same experience where you do something and then the room just goes quiet and and you know there's there's no all right that was great print that moving on it just kind of goes silent and you think did that was that just horrible I mean is everybody just hanging their heads it's like what's going on here um, but you do need to know and I think an, an honest discussion of of what it was um, you know and the actor's ego as you alluded to should should be able to to take that somebody should be able to come up to you and say you know we need to fix this or we need to Maybe maybe they can use better words than fix, but you know, uh, we need to move this along in a different direction and, and get you to go there. Um, but yeah, that that, that silence is, is horrific. Uh, well, I, I think it speaks to the need for even even you know for technical directors to learn to kind of be people persons or to have someone on the set who can yes speak for yeah. them if if they're not going to and and so that the actor feels well taken care of and sure yeah some nurtured. are not very some are not schooled in that yeah i've actually had experiences on set where the director uh, all but disappeared and it was it would always come through the first ad the the notes i guess they would sort of be communicated to the first ad who would then come over to me and and us and tell us what was going on but I don't know if this was a, a matter of shyness or, or, or something, but the director really kind of disappeared. Uh, wouldn't call action or cut or give direct notes to anybody. It was, it was, it was interesting. Um, so, yeah, there are, are, are all types out there. But you're right that you have to have some, some sort of feedback to know what's going on. That's awesome. Eduardo, we are actually out of time, and I've enjoyed this. You, you will be back, I know. And, uh, oh, well, thank you. We'll, We'll announce that uh, date later. I, my guess is it's going to be sometime in June, uh, perhaps in May. It's just you know with my travel schedule and things like that. But sure. I, I, that we're, we're we're looking at booking dates. So that the listeners stay tuned, keep reading the blogs, and listen. Your, your Twitter address? Do you want to give that out so people? Uh, can sure. Uh, Twitter.com/slash/edo ballerini. E D O B A L L E R I N I. Awesome. You know, and while we've been chatting, I got a text from Curtis Smith, who's going to be Ah, there. Curtis. So, Curtis was your first AD on No God, No Master. He's going to be coming up, I think. And he was the second AD on Dinner Rush. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, We have a long history, Curtis and I. Well, that's awesome, man. I think, if I remember right, he's, he's the 13th of... April, if people want to listen in, but yes. But uh, anyway, I, I want to thank you so much. Have a fabulous weekend, um, and fill, it, fill this time with uh, things that you enjoy. And, well, thank you. Um, I'll be talking to you very shortly, and uh, and hopefully seeing you very soon. And okay. meanwhile, meanwhile, just take care and have a great time. And thanks so much for your contributions today, and 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 in the past, and as always. And and go go listeners, go check out blog. Thanks, Eduardo. Thank you, Rex. I do. I want to thank uh, Eduardo so much. I, I really enjoy talking with him. I, I think he is just a wealth of, of information and experience that uh, that if all of us would adhere to 
and apply, uh, we'd probably be far, far better off. Please do, everyone, keep sharing this website and these interviews with your friends and fans through Facebook. Put it on your walls. Put it on MySpace. Uh, tweet about it, uh, because that extends the reach of all of my guests to the ears of listeners and the eyes of readers. And, and uh, become a member of Rex X Movie Beat Facebook group or the fan page. And everyone have a fabulous day and a fabulous holiday weekend, however you celebrate. Make your movies. Complete your projects. Until we meet the next time, that's